Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include complete loan applications, my interview with Adam Boyd, head of home equity lending at Citizens Bank on the growing popularity of the HELOC market, and it's Fed Week. I'd like to thank today's podcast sponsor, Appraisal Logistics. Aimport is an appraisal management platform built to reduce costs and elevate the borrower experience for lenders managing appraisal operations. Born from Appraisal Logistics, a full-service AMC license in all 50 states, Aimport's robust integrations, custom automations, and granular reporting tools are delivering gains in efficiency and cost savings to lenders across the country. Go to aim-port.com for more information. The six criteria that make up the completed mortgage loan application are A, address of the subject property, L, loan amount requested, I, income of the applicant, E, estimated value of the mortgage loan application, N, names of borrowers, and S, social security number. There's your acronym, ALIENS. And only when you have ALIENS do you have a completed mortgage loan application. And if you have TILA or RESPA questions, the CFPB's FAQ site is as good a place to start as any. The Federal Reserve will hold a two-day meeting of its policymaking committee with expectations high that the central bank will fire off an interest rate hike of 50 points this week. While recent readings from the labor market continue to be strong, the housing slowdown appears to be spreading into manufacturing and given economists differing opinions on how high the terminal interest rate will go. Trading on the federal funds futures contracts indicates almost an even split between a 25-point or 50-point interest rate increase at the February meeting. Outside of Powell's speech, the summary of economic projections will be closely watched, with the median forecast for 2023 to move up by 50 basis points to 5 and an eighth percent. What about 2024 and 2025? Bank of America, for one, thinks the dot plot will point to 100 base points of cuts in each of those years. As interest rates continue upward, home equity lines of credit, or HELOCs, remain a popular tool for U.S. homeowners looking to access a flexible borrowing option, according to a recent survey from Citizens, the largest originator of HELOCs in the U.S. The new study, which measures homeowner sentiment around HELOCs, Cash-out refinances and other issues impacting homeowners shows that 84% of homeowners have some level of familiarity with HELOCs. And, of those familiar, nearly half, or 46%, considered themselves likely to apply in the next three years, with younger generations as the most likely. Current homeowners also rank personal loans side-by-side with HELOCs at 69%, and personal bank loans at 69% as well, among their preferred loan alternatives. To talk more about this, I wanted to welcome onto the show Adam Boyd, head of home equity lending at Citizens Bank. He's led the home equity lending business at Citizens since 2020 and has previously held leadership roles in Citizens Deposit, Credit Card, and Pricing Teams. In total, he has more than 20 years of industry experience, having held a variety of roles at TD Bank, Bank of America, and MBNA prior to joining Citizens in 2013. 
Many homeowners have some level of familiarity with HELOCs, but could you take a minute to explain for those that may be less familiar what a HELOC is and how it works? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Ravi. So so a HELOC is essentially a line of credit secured by the equity uh, in your home. And so I think uh, most consumers are familiar with a mortgage. Obviously, you take a mortgage to finance your home. As you pay down your mortgage balance or the home uh, increases in value, uh, the borrower is essentially accruing equity in the property. Uh, and that's the difference between what's owed on the property and the value of the home. Um, they can use that equity uh, as collateral to secure a line of credit uh, from a bank uh, or other lender. And the, the 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 value of that to the consumer is really that you can, by leveraging your home as collateral, qualify for uh, more favorable interest rates and repayment terms than you might on uh, a product uh, like an unsecured personal loan or something like that, where you don't have uh, collateral uh, backing the the line of credit. I think the the couple of points I think that the borrowers should be aware of. One is obviously since you're using your home as collateral, you are put, potentially putting your home at risk, and so you're going to want to be really confident that you can uh, repay the line of credit. But then on the flip side, again, the the repayment terms are very flexible. Uh, the rates tend to be lower than other forms of borrowing, and you really only pay interest on uh, the portion that you borrow because it is a line of credit. And so it becomes a really flexible financial tool that allows uh, a borrower to meet a variety of financial needs over time without having to constantly go back and reapply for credit uh, each time they need to borrow. What are some considerations for applying for a HELOC? Like, when is it a good idea? Yeah, so I, I mentioned one a second ago, which is obviously, uh, I think first and foremost, uh, the borrower should be uh, very, very confident in their ability to uh, repay the line of credit. Again, you're using your home as collateral. Obviously, uh, the home is a very important financial asset uh, uh, beyond uh, its importance as uh, obviously your residence and so forth. And so um, we should be really thoughtful about um, placing a, a line of credit against a home. And so uh, obviously the, the ability to repay is critically important. I would say some other considerations are really uh, the overall uh, financial situation of the borrower. Uh, For example, uh, cash out refinance is uh, another option for uh, tapping into the equity in the home, Um, but that requires you to uh, refinance uh, the first mortgage rate as well. And so many borrowers, especially in this environment, have locked into very, very low mortgage rates. Uh, And so it's not financially uh, attractive for them to refinance out of a very low rate to uh, tap the additional equity in the home, even if that overall rate were potentially lower than the rate on the uh, HELOC. And so I think looking at the overall financial picture uh, is important as well. And then uh, certainly just the borrower's appetite for uh, taking on additional debt, especially in an environment of rising rates. Uh, HELOCs generally are a variable rate products. And so as rates rise, the interest rate on an existing line of credit uh, will rise as market rates go up. And so um, you've got to have a comfort level with that. On the flip side, as rates inevitably come down, the borrower will automatically benefit from lower rates as well. Uh, and so there's some advantage there as well, but uh, just something to be thoughtful about. There's there's some volatility in uh, payments and uh, interest rates on the product uh, that uh, borrowers should consider when making a decision. For borrowers that are interested in HELOCs, what are, what are they normally interested in using the HELOC for? What are the use cases for a HELOC? Yeah, so the, the number one 
uh, use case continues to be uh, home renovation, uh, home improvement. I, that that was uh, especially prevalent during the pandemic with borrowers spending more time at home. We saw uh, borrowers increasingly making investments uh, in their home and uh, HELOC is a popular uh, financial tool for that purpose. Um, I think one, again, it's uh, a re relatively low cost borrowing option, but two, it also increases the value of the home. And so uh, you can actually get a return on investment sometimes by um, borrowing at a relatively low rate, making an investment in the property and increasing the overall value of the home. And so that that continues to be the number one use case. But the real beauty of a, of a HELOC is the flexibility that it offers uh, to, the, to the borrower. So uh, we see customers using HELOCs for uh, other large purchases as well. So consolidation of other debt, uh, whether it be uh, credit card bills or outstanding personal loans or other debt that they've incurred over time, the, the refinancing that debt into a HELOC can often save uh, a significant amount uh, of interest for the borrower. Um, it, it, it's often used as a safety net as well. So un, unanticipated expenses uh, come up from time to time and a borrower who's equipped with a HELOC has a tool uh, that they can leverage to uh, cover unanticipated expenses. And so that tends to be a common use case as well. Um, uh, but, it, but it really is, again, it's a, a really, really flexible tool and we do see uh, a variety of use cases. What are HELOC rates like versus primary mortgage rates? Uh, so right now uh, they're they're somewhat similar. So mortgage rates have risen and can continue to hover around seven percent. Uh, HELOC rates tend to be indexed to prime. Uh, some of the best HELOC rates that are out there right now are at a margin of prime minus uh, a half a percent, prime minus one percent. You can find if you're uh, really well qualified and you shop around. Uh, but again, it's a variable rate uh, product, and so uh, if you look at sort of more, most uh, sort of expert forecasts. I think there's an expectation that rates will continue to rise, maybe another percentage point, percentage point and a half over the next year. And so HELOC rates will float up at least temporarily as rates rise, and then they'll come back down as market rates uh, decline. Uh, but the other advantage when you think about the cost of a HELOC beyond just the interest rate is that uh, if you shop around, many lenders don't charge any closing costs at all uh, with a HELOC. And so for the mortgage borrowers are typically paying uh, some level of closing costs. And so there is another sort of cost advantage there for the borrower um, when you consider a HELOC versus uh, a mortgage. And then uh, the last point I would make is just really around the point I made earlier. Uh, when you leverage a HELOC, you don't impact the rate on your existing first mortgage. And so if you are someone who has uh, locked into a really low rate over the last couple of years when uh, mortgage rates were at historically low levels, you can tap into the equity in the home through a HELOC without uh, impacting the cost of the first mortgage. And and, and that's actually uh, what we're seeing as one of the biggest drivers of HELOC demand right now. What are common terms on a HELOC? What, what kind of product options are out there? Yeah, so the typical product construct offers the borrower a draw period, um, which in most cases is a 10-year draw period. And that's uh, the time during which the borrower can uh, access uh, the line of credit as they need to, uh, again, the rate typically adjusts up and down as uh, prime rate moves. Um, and most lenders offer the borrower the convenience of either making interest-only payments during that period or principal and interest payments during that period. And so the borrower has the flexibility to repay the balance as needed. They can redraw on the line as needed during that draw period. 
Uh, and if they need the flexibility, certainly you can make interest only payments during that period. Uh, at the end of the draw period, the borrower typically moves into the repayment phase, which can be 15 to 20 years. That often varies uh, by lender. And that's the time during which the borrower no longer makes new draws on the lines of credit, but uh, at that point begins to repay the balance, making principal and interest payments. It behaves more like a, a term loan at that point. Um, but what we often see is you know, borrowers who are reaching that end of draw period will typically uh, refinance into a new line of credit if they have a continuing need for the product. And so uh, most lenders make it very easy for uh, borrowers to uh, extend the draw period that way. So your research shows that 77% of millennials are likely to apply for a HELOC within the next three years. Why is it so popular among millennials? That number seems very high. Yeah, you, you know, when we um, got the results of this survey, I was initially surprised to see that as well, because when you look at our existing uh, HELOC customer base and you look just the uh, sort of uh, typical profile of a HELOC borrower industry-wide, they do tend to be uh, more mature borrowers, um, because when you think about the nature of the product, in order to qualify for a HELOC, you have to have equity in your home, which oftentimes means you either had to put down a large down payment or you had to have been in the home long enough for sufficient equity to accrue through appreciation to enable you to get a decent sized line of credit. And so that has always sort of skewed the distribution of customers toward the uh, older, more mature demographic. But I think what we're seeing more recently uh, is that uh, millennials who may be more recent homeowners with the uh, more rapid appreciation and home values that we've seen recently are, are starting to enter that phase where they now have enough equity in their homes that they can qualify for a home equity line of credit. And so where it may not have been an option for that generation just a few years back, it's an increasingly popular option in this environment. And then I think a lot of these customers have also benefited from uh, low mortgage rates recently. And again, going back to the dynamic we talked about earlier, that's really been the primary driver of home equity demand recently. Uh, you know, these are borrowers who can retain an ultra low rate on their first mortgage and tap into uh, the new equity that they've acquired in their home uh, to finance uh, either home improvements or other large purchases that they may need to make. And so, um, you know, I think it's encouraging. I think we as an industry have some work to do to ensure that, um, you know, younger borrowers who may not be as familiar with the product do continue to um, gain familiarity with HELOCs and how they can be used to their advantage. But, uh, I think it was very encouraging to see that the, that we're starting to see that demographic shift that we've anticipated for some time, but haven't really yet seen materialize, uh, appear to be on the horizon. Your survey showed that current homeowners rank personal loans side by side with HELOCs, which as you said earlier, HELOCs have a much lower rate as they're secured by real estate. Can you help to kind of dispel some myths with HELOCs? Seems like people might be scared of HELOCs unnecessarily. Or reluctant to to look into them. Yeah, and I think there's been some industry research over the years out there around that. I think the two primary deterrents that we often hear cited as it relates to HELOCs and why customers have gravitated toward uh, unsecured personal loans in recent years are, one, there's a subset of the population that just doesn't want to put a lien on their home. Um, I think coming out of the financial crisis, especially, there was a little bit of an attitudinal shift away from using the home uh, as collateral for a, a bar for for a loan or or other borrowing options, um, and so that's one. I think that's that that's you know something that you know may change uh, as uh, you know the financial crisis increasingly becomes something in the distant past. But you know the other uh, 
deterrent in, in and I think the bigger uh, driver is uh, the perceived inconvenience of HELOCs. And so, um, you know, the mortgage process um, can be challenging and there's a lot of paperwork involved. And uh, I think it's, it's sort of ripe for innovation. And oftentimes the HELOC process gets lumped in with uh, the mortgage process. And reality is, especially more recently, as um, as banks have started to really uh, focus on innovation in the HELOC space, is that the uh, HELOC experience really isn't painful, especially at Citizens. We made significant investments in the originations process uh, to take a lot of the friction that has historically existed. I think it'll take some time to change uh, consumer um, understanding or perception of uh, some of that change. But uh, reality is customers have gravitated to personal loans. They've paid a premium for convenience. They could get a much lower rate in a HELOC. does take a little bit longer to secure a HELOC, but it's not a three or four month process the way it may have been if you were to go uh, back a few years. Now, many customers can get uh, a HELOC approved and closed in, in just a couple of weeks. And so um, I think the convenience gap that exists between personal loans and HELOCs historically is starting to narrow. And I think more and more customers will be able to uh, benefit from uh, the, the, the lower rates and more flexible repayment terms that come with a HELOC without having to endure a really painful origination experience. I'd like to close by saying, if someone had asked me who the largest HELOC uh, lender was in the US, I would have had no clue, but it turns out that it's Citizens Bank is the largest originator of HELOCs in the U.S. How did the company grow to this point of being the largest HELOC originator? How, how did the word get out? So I think I would point to a couple of things. I think one is uh, we've been consistently committed to the business. Uh, if, if you look at the pandemic, for example, throughout the pandemic, we saw many lenders pull away entirely. We saw a couple of large originators pull out completely, stop originating and, and haven't yet come back in. Uh, and then we saw others not shut down the business entirely, but really price themselves out. Whereas if you look at how uh, uh, citizens performed during the pandemic, we had a consistent presence throughout. We were there for customers. Um, we were a available and reliable option for those that needed financing you know, throughout uh, what was a really challenging period uh, for many customers. Uh, so I think that's one. I think just the consistency and commitment to the business. But then I think two is just the focus and investment we've made in customer experience. Um, this is a very, very important business for us. It's an important driver of uh, relationship deepening and new relationship acquisition. So it goes beyond just putting loans on. These are customer relationships that we really value as an organization. And we've invested in uh, developing and delivering the very best customer experience. And so uh, a borrower who's looking for a HELOC, if you shop around, you, you may find uh, a competitor who can offer a slightly lower rate. You may find you know, a competitor with a closer branch location, but you're not going to find a competitor who can offer the, co the combination of uh, really, really quick time to close. We're closing most of our loans today in under 30 days. Uh, very, very convenient, frictionless experience. So we've invested in our digital capabilities to make it really easy for borrowers. Um, and then lastly, really, really fair competitive pricing and terms. And so uh, we're, we're not asking a borrower to pay a real premium on the convenient experience we're, we're offering. We're offering a very competitive value prop and we're doing it, delivering it 
uh, in a way that is uh, better than our peers. And I think that's really resonated with borrowers. And I think that's borne out in uh, what we've seen in results over the last couple of years. Our uh, origination volumes uh, this year will be you know, roughly double the volumes of originations we've done historically in this business. Uh, and so I think it is a testament to the focus on the customer and the focus on convenience and experience you know, really does uh, pay off. That's all very good news to hear. Adam, thanks for making the time. Appreciate it. Thank you, Robbie. Anytime. After the past couple of weeks, our rate declines. Friday ended with treasury yields and MBS increasing after November PPI came in harder than expected. It was actually 0.3% month over month when it was expected at 0.2%. Even still, the year-over-year PPI growth rate slowed to 6.2% from 6.8% in October, while core producer prices slowed to 7.4% year-over-year from 8.1%. The report has peaked concerns that this week's consumer price index will not be as friendly as expected either. There was also an above-consensus preliminary reading of the University of Michigan's Consumer Sentiment Survey for December on Friday, where sentiment improved in conjunction with rising stock prices and falling gas prices. The U.S. economy remains surprisingly strong, according to the ISM Services Index released last week. It rose unexpectedly as the business activity subcomponent jumped. In contrast to the Manufacturing Index, the Prices Paid Index remained high and the gap between the Services and Manufacturing Prices Paid Indices is the largest on record as consumer spending has shifted significantly away from goods. One area of the economy that might be good news in the fight against inflation is slower unit labor cost growth. Revisions for the third quarter showed unit labor costs increasing at a 2.4% annualized rate, the slowest since the first quarter of 2021. Should labor markets cool in 2023, slower wage growth would help reduce inflation towards the Fed's target. Amid recent optimism that inflation has peaked and that the Fed could start to change its tone this week with a 50 basis point hike, the heavy risk event week ahead begins with the mini-refunding supply from Treasury, which will auction $40 billion of three-year notes and $32 billion of reopened 10-year notes today. Tomorrow, the first day of the FOMC meeting, $18 billion of reopened 30-year treasuries will be auctioned, and we will receive the key consumer price index report for November. Wednesday and Thursday are dominated by central bank interest rate decisions, beginning with the FOMC on Wednesday, with the release of the statement and updated summary of economic projections, followed by Chair Powell's post-meeting press conference, and the BOE, ECB, SNB, and Norges Bank will release decisions on Thursday. With no economic releases of note today, we begin the week with agency MBS prices better by an eighth, and the 10-year yielding 3.53 after closing last week at 3.57%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. How much does Santa pay to park his sleigh? He pays nothing. It's on the house. <laughs> I'd like to thank today's podcast sponsor, Appraisal Logistics. Aimport is an appraisal management platform built to reduce costs and elevate the borrower experience for lenders managing appraisal operations. Born from Appraisal Logistics, a full-service AMC license in all 50 states, Aimport's robust integrations, custom automations, and granular reporting tools are delivering gains in efficiency and cost savings to lenders across the country. Go to aim-port.com for more information about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities. Send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. 
Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.